0: We assume our cultural context onto something that it shouldn't be, and therefore, by assuming your own cultural context onto the scripture, it actually removes the power with which it was written. Hey guys, so this is Ryan, and uh, I'm here with my uh, good buddy Mark. Yo, what's up? We're here just uh, recording another podcast. Um, Mark informed me that we're actually faster than normal, which... You know, go figure. Good for us. I know. Um, Improvement. New first, year. First time for it. New year, new us, baby. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's going to last like one time. <laughs> uh, but anyway, yeah, we're just here. Um, you know, we got, we're got we getting together, and, you know, our podcast is where we just talk about what Jesus has, you know, taught us, you know, in our everyday lives, yeah. and, uh, yeah, we're just here to, you know. Um, Talk about that together, and just you know, try to you know get the information out as best way as possible. So
1: I think we need to retitle our podcast from "What God Did to Me This Week" to "What God Did to Me Last Month." But you know what? Life is busy, so you know it is what it is. Hopefully, at least one person is slightly encouraged or challenged. I don't know. Yeah, even if there's one man, you know, we'll take it. I mean, honestly, like I'm really honest. Zero people could listen to this, and I would still do it because like this is super healthy to have conversation.
0: No, yeah, I would agree. It's nice to be able to. Um, f- feel like you're being taught something by Jesus, and then be able to get it out yeah, in the open without it. just sitting and letting it spin through your mind over and over and over again. So well, yeah, no, it's like great. sometimes
1: I mean we have to like verbalize things to process them. So even like, I love one professor that I've listened to. Is he like I'm figuring this out real time. Like as I as I'm saying it, I'm like figuring yeah, it out right. in real time. Give me a second. Like, it's really really helpful yeah. to have a conversation. So, like even that, just like super random plug, but. Even though, like during COVID, like as we still are, like and things are shut down, you can't really go to a coffee shop. Go, still talk to people. Like, talk to people about Jesus, especially other believers, because it helps you work through and work yeah. out your faith. I would agree. It's um,
0: it's been interesting, man. As we get into the year, I guess we'll just talk about this real quick. But um, one of the things that I've been being taught and you just started um, is like the the uh, ability to be able to reflect and pray about what's been happening throughout the year, and I will say, like, with 20, 2020 is a wild year to start, to
1: start that um, process. Um, Uh, 2020 will now be in the definition of wild. Of wild,
0: yeah, but it was fascinating to me that, like, it feels like this year went by so fast, and it's like, but as I reflected on all the things that there were to rejoice, like, there's still so much
1: good that came out of this time, and, like, I mean, if I'm um, honest, I've grown more in my walk with Christ in my in my spiritual walk this year than I have in any year in my entire life.
0: No, I would agree. I would agree. Um, so I I guess I guess all that to say, like, um, if you can or you feel like you want to, um, and I get it if you don't want to reflect on 2020 because it's been a, just a brutal year, then I, I get that and you move on and to the excitement of a new year and whoever that is, I pray that that year is much better for you. Yeah, right. Um, sure. But if you can reflect on it, like try to look back and see the things that you can rejoice about. And, you know, I mean, if there's things you need to repent about, you know, pray about those things too. But, you know, to look back and reflect on the year and what's happened is like a healthy thing to do. So, yeah, um, sure.
1: yeah, no, it's It's good, I think. Prayer is good. I think we're so accustomed to an easy life especially in america like and I, I and i don't say that in an insensitive way because i know there's a, a lot of people in america that do not have an easy life and i get that um we are privileged enough to have steady jobs and really to be honest like covid hasn't really affected us and i know we're in the minority of people who the the whole pandemic hasn't like really affected either of us i mean i did
0: get covid but you did okay yeah, now, yeah but so. You,
1: But, like, even job-wise, like, neither of us lost our jobs. No, yeah, I've been
0: very blessed, absolutely.
1: I am very blessed to say that, and I know there's a lot of people who are still dealing with it and probably are still out of work and can't pay their mortgage. And, like, I get it. Like, it's a tough year, and you sit there, and you're like, okay, God, like, especially if you're a believer, you're like, cool, thanks, God, that was super great. Like, why? Yeah. And I I don't know why, but but I do know that, like, in my experience, if you just seek him and just... He may not tell you why, but you may, twenty years from now, turn around and look back and be like, "Okay, I I kind of see where we were going with that." So no, I mean I'm in the same boat as Ryan. Like I I know I, like I pray that your year is blessed and like is like God uses it. And honestly, like maybe my year was my year of 2020 wasn't blessed, quote unquote, in the word in the way that I wanted it to be, but God sure as heck used it more than I expected Him to. I got stretched more than I ever imagined to at work. I got stretched in my walk and my faith more mm-hmm. than I could have ever dreamed. Oh yeah. And I'm thankful for it.
0: Yeah. No, I agree. I you know, I'm I'm glad that I I wouldn't change what I went through for anything. Yeah. But that being said, I'm really looking I'm really glad that the vaccine is getting rolled out and there's a semblance that we may go back to normal in oh, the near future. Lord. So, um and whatever that normal is, you know, um I mean societally we'll go back to normal, but like Maybe spiritually, maybe there's a new, um, I guess, I don't know if awakening is the right word, but there's like, this, maybe, maybe in your life, there's a spiritual change that like that, that you went through and you're, and you get to carry that on into the new year and that doesn't change. And that's a good thing. Yeah. So. well,
1: I think like you and I specifically, like I talked about, like, this has been a year where both of us have grown in our walks. Like, it's funny. I look back and look how I was this time last year and I look at where I'm at right now and it, they don't look like the same person spiritually. Oh yeah, and I would I would agree. Yeah, I think I I know, I've never been one for New Year's resolutions ever because I think they're hilarious because they yeah. usually last about three weeks if you're lucky. Three yeah, months. Yeah, I haven't done a very good job with any of mine ever. Yeah, so. but I I think the interesting thing for me is this year does actually feel different because where I am at in my spirit is completely different, and I have a completely different outlook on life. Whether it's just reading my Bible and just like having my mind blown by just reading Isaiah and realizing like it's it's there's different styles of writing there's poetic and narrative and there's poetry in the narrative and stuff like that like that's a whole lot longer discussion than we're going to get into right now but just even reading Isaiah I'm just blown away by how it's written and what's being communicated and just like it's given me a whole fresh passion for just discovering Jesus and being more like him and that that's not a bad thing. If that's if that's the worst thing that came out of 2020, I think I'm doing okay. Yeah. No. So yeah, I think just the encouragement is like, if 2020 sucked, um, you can't make 2021 better. I, I'm sorry to tell you that, but <laughs> there's nothing you can do. But <clears throat> if you just say, "Okay, God," like I am willing and willing for you to take me where you want me, He'll take you where you want you. It may not be comfortable the entire time. But if uh, 2020 was any example of what God can take you through to get you somewhere, um, there is a fire in me for His Word and for His presence that I've never felt. Absolutely, absolutely, I agree. And I want every, I want people to feel. It. I like, mm-hmm. I get excited like talking to you about it because you and I are kind of in this very similar walk of our uh, similar timeline in our like walk. Sure. And we're both like on fire for this thing, and we're like, we just get excited. And it's like when when I have a conversation <laughs> with someone who maybe isn't as excited, I'm like. What's wrong with you? Yeah, like, how are you not... How are you not not pumped? This is amazing. Yeah, look at how cool this is, right? Yeah. Right. But it's also, like, remembering that everyone's at a different place in their spiritual journey. Like, realistically, in their journey with Jesus, like, everyone's at a different spot. So, anyway. All that to say, this podcast should be interesting and fun. Yeah. uh, Yeah. Happy
0: Happy New Year, everyone. Yeah, Happy New Year. Seriously. What do you want to
1: talk about, man? I don't know. I think one of the, like one of the things that I've like really enjoyed is going through this, um, seminary level, like class online. Um, you and I have both been going through it and the section I'm on is like, it's the section we're going through is about, um, the Hebrew Bible. So the old Testament, Mm -hmm. Um, and even just simple things like one of the first classes talked about how like the Hebrew Bible as like Jesus would have learned it. Right. Yes. Right. Isn't ordered how ours is ordered. Sure. Like if, if I go look, it's, it's it goes in like a very specific order, but when you actually look at like the how the Hebrew Bible was constructed, yeah. you have it in three specific sections. You have the Torah, the Neve Neve Neveim. It's a very difficult word because it's Hebrew, and I don't know how to speak it. Um, which, by the way, sounds really cool when someone reads the Bible in Hebrew. It like sends chill, chills down your spine because <laughs> it's just incredible sounding. And then you have the Ketavim, which so the Torah is like the law or the instructions. Yeah. Um so that's where you have Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. All the books that are honestly really tough to read. Except for now like they're actually really cool to read for yeah. some,
0: like Well, I mean Genesis is fast. Just, De- Genesis, Genesis is just is fascinating.
1: It's incredible.
0: Le- Leviticus and Numbers can be rough. Yeah, yeah, they, they very
1: much can. And Deuteronomy, honestly. Yeah, exactly. Exodus is pretty dope. Um, yeah so so there that's the Torah sauce so like instruction the Neveim is the prophets so um, that's the next section so in the Hebrew Bible you go Genesis Exodus Leviticus numbers Deuteronomy and then Joshua judges but then you end up after Kings into Isaiah and Jeremiah it isn't again in the same order mm-hmm. and then you had the Ketuvim which are the writings so that's like Psalms uh, Job, Proverbs um, Daniel, Ezra, Nehemiah, all those things. A lot of your, wi- a lot of your wisdom literature type stuff. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So like it's a writing rather than um, prophetic uh,
0: things mm-hmm. about Israel and yeah, things it's like that. it's wisdom. I mean, for a lack of a better term, wisdom for everyday life. Yeah. Exactly. Um, um,
1: I, I thought it was really interesting. Like,
0: which it, is interesting, like wisdom that is thought to have been passed down from right. generation to generation um, for who knows how long. Right. Exactly. Um, which is super cool, actually. To think well,
1: even that. like if you look at like um, proverbs, right? Yeah. Proverbs is crazy because proverbs and psalms. Psalms is a bunch of songs people wrote, mm-hmm. or prayers, or yeah. prayers. And it's like we we call the Bible the inspired word of God, mm-hmm. and these are psalms and prayers people wrote yeah. to God. But it also becomes the word of God. Yeah. Like it's just it's like, like that's mind blowing. It's, it's human written, <laughs> but also God inspired. Exactly, right. and it's it's honestly like incredible, like especially when you think of like proverbs like it's it's funny like what's the one where it says um like a dog re- returns to it vomits its vomit so does a man return to its fo- his folly right. and you're just like man the guy who wrote this probably watched his buddy or his like neighbor just keep going back and doing the same, same stupid thing, thing and over then saw and his over. dog throw up and goes back it's like Hey, there's a relation there. And that became scripture. (laughs) Like I'm not saying that's actually what happened. Could have. Yeah.
0: Or it's like the like a Proverbs thirty-one woman is more than likely based on a real woman. Like exactly. You know, it's not this made up person. Like it was someone writing about a woman that they greatly respected. Exactly. Or loved, or whatever you want to call it. Yeah.
1: So yeah, no, it's it's just kind of it's it's so cool, like even those little things just bring such new life to scriptures Mm -hmm. of understanding it's understanding what the writer was trying to communicate yeah. and trying to put myself in the position of the people who read it. Like, obviously like that's so important with the old Testament. Like you and I've talked about it, right? Because when Jesus is teaching in the new Testament, the new Testament has been written. Just remember that, keep that in mind. Cause I often forgot that. And so I'm like, Oh, well duh. I mean, they know all the rest of the stuff. I'm like, Oh wait, no, none of this was written. Not even this book that I'm reading was written when he was doing all this teaching. Um, but like when he would reference things in the from the Hebrew Bible, they may like we miss it because we're just reading his words. But a lot of times he's directly quoting from the Hebrew scriptures. All the Jews who were like listening to him immediately picked on up on what he was talking about. Where you and I read it, we're like, oh, that's cool. Like that's 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 neat. Like, but we miss the connection of like him doing that. Um, one of the other ones that was kind of cool is even just talking about like the parables, right? And like you like you're they're pretty sure like jesus used parables repeatedly right and like if you look at some of the parables in different uh, in the different gospels they're the same but they're slightly different and one of the guys was talking about is like yeah i I often wonder like when jesus is like thinking up these parables because we never consider this right sure like obviously Jesus thought up and came up with these parables right, yes, yeah, or yeah, yeah. he used parables that people already knew yes. to help communicate Which that, his point.
0: That is something that like is, like, it, he used a lot of stuff that was
1: like prevalent within the Jewish culture. Right. So it made sense. It was right, understandable. Right. right. <laughs> yeah, To us, we're like, well, obviously Jesus just made it up on the spot. I'm like, well, maybe, but maybe. also maybe not like, but it doesn't invalidate what he said, Yeah, but it's just kind of cool Where it's, he, he made the comments like sometimes I wonder when Jesus was like alone on the mountain every time after he was done praying to God, he's like, huh? So like, Kingdom of God is like a guy who bought a field and buried treasure. Yeah, that'll that'll work really well. They'll they'll get that. <laughs> and that's such an amazing thing yeah. to think about that because obviously like it's like you're it's like when you it's like it's like a
0: modern day pastor in his office like, "Oh, that'll be perfect that's for really Sunday." Great. They'll totally they'll understand get that. that. I'm going to get a good laugh out of that one or I'm going to get an applause out of this, you know, and And then you, then you read the one's where the disciples
1: walk up to you and be like, "Jesus, what 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 were you talking about? And he's like, "All right, guess I gotta explain this one." <laughs> like, it's it's such an interesting thing, right? Because like, and I know certain people will probably hear me say this and think that I'm questioning the divinity and the the godhood of Jesus, and I'm very obviously not. Like, but like, Jesus was also a man. Right. He was God and man. So. Going back to Proverbs. So remember how I talked about uh, realizing things in real time? So somehow I managed to flip back to the beginning of Proverbs. And I've never noticed this before. And it may not have been in my Bible that I like, my physical Bible that I read. But on my iPad when I'm reading, in NIV, you have like the headings above certain sections, right? So it's like in Psalms, like a Psalm of David for the courts of whatever, Mm -hmm. right? So when you read Proverbs 1, the the heading above it is, it says purpose and theme. Yes. And it says, The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, for gaining wisdom and instruction, for understanding the words of insight, for receiving instructions in prudent behavior, for doing what is right and just and fair, for giving prudence to those who are simple, uh, knowledge and discretion to the young, let the wise listen and add to their learning, and let the discerning get guidance for understanding Proverbs and parables, the sayings of the riddles and wise.
0: (laughs) It's kind of cool. Like,
1: I, I, I just managed to, like, gloss. I I managed just to read over those first, like, what is it, uh seven verses. Right. In Proverbs, because it's like, oh, I've read this before. Like, let's just. Next. Yeah. yeah. But even just simple things like that, I'm realizing, like, that's what the Proverbs are for. Like, you read them and it's funny, a lot of, like, some of them, you read them in the 21st century. And you're like, well, yeah, duh. You're right. Duh, you shouldn't do that. Mm-hmm don't don't grab a dog's ears you're walking by it like that's stupid (laughs) what are you doing but it's like but you forget like these are like it literally says it is for understanding proverbs parables and the sayings and the riddles of the wise it's for gaining wisdom and instruction and if you read it as such you will gain wisdom but if you just read it because it's like oh yeah this is something that's in the bible that i'm supposed to read you're gonna miss it but um even just talking about the old testament um, the Hebrew scholar that I listen to a lot, he was talking about how the um, the Tanakh, which is the Hebrew um, word for the Old Testament, so it's the Torah, the Nevim uh, and the Ketavim, so it's just the abbreviation of that, the Tanakh, um, was the way it was written was legitimately written so people would reread it over and over and over and over again and get something new out of it every single time because mm-hmm. of the ways it's written. So right. there's so much poetry where if you don't understand Hebrew poetry, you're going to actually miss a lot of the meaning mm-hmm. behind what the author is trying to convey. Right. Which is something I still don't fully understand. Oh, dude. I, I, um, I Probably think, never will. Yeah. Right. I've just, fin- <laughs> I'm like just to the last like part of that part of the class of the um poetic. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, I'm gonna have to go back through this class because like, I think I'm beginning to understand it, but it still is so sure because I'm not a poet. <laughs> right. Like I'm also not a, uh, what 400 BC poet. Right. (laughs) Or a Bible expert or a Bible expert. (laughs) I'm just this dude who lives in Spokane, Washington. Who's like, okay, this stuff about Jesus is amazing. And I want to be more like him. I don't understand his word. So I don't know, man, it's just, it's been really cool. Like just the last, especially the last like six months has been really cool and challenging. Of like, okay, it's really saying I grew up in the church because we both did but now i want to say now i want to understand really what i learned no i
0: i i totally get that too right like you you're taught you know you at least in our case we were taught the bible our whole lives which mm-hmm. i'm super super thankful for like i'm so glad that yeah, i for g- sure. i grew up in in a uh situation where i was taught the bible a, a lot yeah um but yeah, as as i as I'm growing in as I'm growing in my walk, I wanna come to more and more understanding. And it's just it's cool it's so cool to see that like like the face value stuff that you were taught, like there's just so much more to learn. Yeah, you exactly. Know? This is cool. Like there's just always more to learn about the Bible. Like Yeah. We'll never we'll never know it fully. No, and it's like I mean, even someone like like Tim Mackey, the guy who is the teacher of the, the podcast, yeah. he has a PhD in what I mean God, a lot knows, God knows what, whatever. But like he he talks, he's like, I haven't even scratched the surface of what's in the Bible. I've been studying it for you know, I've been studying it for twenty years. Yeah, the guy
1: went and lived in Jerusalem and studied in a synagogue to learn Hebrew and learn Hebrew history. Like, mm-hmm. and the guy's like, "Yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, I'm sure there's a lot I mean, of things I'm probably wrong." I
0: mean, about. All, all that to say, don't give up, keep reading it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
1: like the like, exactly. It's and it's, and
0: I I will say too, and I think I I don't know if you'll agree. I I think you probably will that like. Just because maybe you aren't understanding the cultural context doesn't mean that, you, that if you pull a moral value from Correct. what you're reading, it, that's not a bad, that's a Correct. good thing. Yeah. You know, like the the moral things you pull out of it aren't bad. It's just interesting to see that there's cultural context that explain things that don't make sense right. to us.
1: And, and it challenges you. Like, yeah. it challenges you to become a student of God's Word. Yeah. And not just a reader.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, no, I think, I think it's been really cool. I think it's been interesting because this has been a season of life where I've like studied the word more than I ever have in my entire life. Mm-hmm. But I also would say it's like been one of the most challenging in like the idea of prayer and like trusting God and like seeking. Yeah. And like seeking his will. Yes. And be like, God, what do you want me to do? What is it like? What does this look like? And I just feel like I get nothing. Mm-hmm. It's just like talking to a wall
0: and I'm just like, It's like the worst. That's like the worst one of the three answers of prayer. Like, yes, no, yes, and no. You know, that
1: I'm fine with that. Yeah, I can deal with
0: no. But when there's no answer, I'm like, okay, really? Really? Like, really? I just, (laughs) I I
1: really like, even (laughs) like I was praying today, I'm just like, God, I just, all I want to do is serve and honor you and what I do. And I want to make good decisions. And I'm seeking you because I don't have the ability to make good decisions in every situation. So, like, what is it? And you just sit there, you're like, God, I just, feel like i have the right heart just like god i want to know and i like just to be completely transparent like that's my struggle right now is like i feel like i'm so like blown away and passionate and excited about the bible and spending time in his word and spending time meditating on his word and just doing things like him but then my prayer life i'm just like man god I, i don't i feel like i'm lacking and it's just it's it's so it's so bizarre because obviously we'll never be complete will never be perfect we will never fi- be finished products but it's that idea of like man how do i i feel like i'm lacking
0: right mm-hmm. so
1: actually and this is
0: really funny i don't even have this written down actually um but it's interesting you say that because i think that if we would lis- listen back through our podcast like a reoccurring theme for me is one list like listen to other people yeah um and two is the other thing is like to you know, I'm not in me personally. I'm not sitting in God's presence enough, which mm. equates to prayer. Yeah, for sure. And it's funny that you bring that up; that you feel like you're lacking. And then, um, as um, the new year starts, so many of these different feeds uh, that we listen to for mes- messages throughout the week, every single one, the every single one, including the local church that I'm attend that I'm attending, is. Um, all on prayer for the next thirty-one days, and I just dawned on me like, <laughs> you know,
1: no one can see me. <laughs> I wonder. What but God, when Ryan I said that, I literally threw my head <laughs> to the back of my chair because I'm like, duh. <laughs> yeah.
0: I wonder what God's trying to get me, get into my head this month, huh? Interesting, but oh my gosh, um,
1: um, yeah, no, you're you're totally right. Oh my. Mm.
0: I know this dawned on me too, and I was like, "Oh, I see it now! I see it now." Okay, the podcast is over. We figured out what God what God's
1: doing to us this week. Oh um, my gosh! So we just figured out in real time what God is doing to us this week. Yeah. So yeah. that's cool.
0: So it's funny. All the all the other stuff, like it's great things that we've learned. But if you want to know truth, exactly what God's working in our lives, that's it. <laughs> yep.
1: Oh <laughs> um, my gosh! Well, it's funny because even so, uh, my wife and I went up to uh, Priest Lake with uh, her family. Right. Yeah. And it was funny. So I forgot to download a bunch of music. Cause usually I like listening to music. Cause it's like one of those music for me is one of those things. If you don't know me, I'm a sound, I'm an audio engineer. Like I'm a production guy. Like music is one of those things that kind of just pulls me back to center almost. Sure. Um, and I mean, I didn't download anything new and I had stuff. I just listened to a thousand times. and just really didn't like hit me anymore. And it was funny. I went and pulled up my phone to go listen to something. And there's no cell service, no Wi-Fi, no nothing. It was honestly really refreshing, right, to not be able to just stare at my phone all day. <laughs> um, but there's this new song one of my buddies, Colin, sent me, and the the title is "Returning." And I'm like, "Well, that's, that sounds like a cool song." Okay, so I listened to it, and not even not even just from a musical standpoint, because that's I'm a nerd musically. Like, I'm not. I don't know like the ins and outs technically wise of like. How chord shapes work and things like that. But I love mixing music, I love making music and things like that. And like musically the song struck me, but the more I listened to it, the more the lyrics honestly like kind of wrecked me and broke me. I'm gonna read a couple of them just because I thought they were they were really astonishing. And I think that we the thing I kept repeating to myself and to others over the last over twenty twenty is I think God is trying to break us from our comfort. Yeah, we've talked about that a bunch right. over the last so, I the first it. lyric is, "I remember the heights from which I have fallen. I remember my tears and the, all the hunger and longing. Mm-hmm. I remember the fire of your spirit upon me, and how I moved with your heart. Oh, come now, restore me yeah, and wow. the like the it was like the third time I listened through it I started like listening to the lyrics, I was like, "Oh, well, this song's gonna destroy me this should, this yeah. should be fun. The chorus says, "I'm in earnest, and I repent. I remember in return." to do the things I did at first. I'll be zealous and I'll repent. I'll remember and return to the things I did at first. Mm. My first, I'm returning to my first love. Wow. And the second verse says, so here's my heart, come and wound wound me with longing. Mm -hmm. That that phrase, I I sat there and repeated that phrase on the song multiple times because... It's a longing for his presence, a longing for his word, a longing for his spirit that I've come to like long for now. Like Mm -hmm. he's done that. He's come and wounded me with longing for him. Right. And then it says, let your refiner's fire come and have its way till righteousness flows like a flood from within me till the zeal of the Lord completely consumes me. Mm. And I think that in the 21st century, in a world with, immediate access to technology and anything like that. Yeah. We're so self consumed. I mean, even when you talk about like technology, right? Like people are paid to get our attention. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That That's people's jobs are to get our attention. And yeah. so in a world that's literally competing against each other, let alone God for yeah, our attention. For attention, yeah. That concept of the Lord completely consuming me. Mm-hmm. And realizing, like, I remember what that was like. Yeah. I do remember what that was like when I first, like, gave my life to the Lord. And it was all-consuming. Like the excitement of, yeah. And then even just like right now, I have the excitement of just digging back into his word. And I'm like, I never want to lose that. But even in little things day by day, I let myself get distracted. Yes. And I'm like, man, no, I need that. That is literally life for me. Mm -hmm. And it was just one of those things where I sat there and I'm just like, this this is something Mm -hmm. that I need to hear every day.
0: Yeah, no it's interesting like, you know with that you know being consumed by God and like you know everything that I've been learning about prayer is that um I mean yes obviously like it says in the sermon on the mount like ask and you shall receive and I I you sh- you can you should ask and pray for the things that you want um but when it talks about prayer like prayer is not just to ask for what you want it's the enjoyment it's for the enjoyment of you cuz you get to talk to the
1: living God of the universe. Right. And sometimes I think that we forget that. Yeah. Or I mean even in our prayers like our, our default is usually immediately, God, that this is what I need. Yeah. But if you, like, think of the Lord's Prayer, what's the first thing he teaches us? He teaches us how to pray, but the first thing he teaches us to pray isn't anything about us. Yeah. Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, yeah. Which your kingdom come. Your, kingdom your will be done. On earth. And, yeah. And even if we're just being honest, like, his kingdom coming is a disruption. Yeah. The way I heard someone talk about when they were teaching on Advent leading up to Christmas. Sure. The advent of the kingdom of God is disrupting yeah. because it's justice. Mm-hmm. It's judgment. It's, it's bringing all things back. And realistically, I would much prefer just the freedom and time and space to do what I want to do and get what I need to be done. But what the advent of God's kingdom does is it changes all of that. And for me, I don't necessarily rejoice, but for those who are afflicted and persecuted and are, um, Harmed and have experienced injustice, the advent of God's kingdom is a is a thing to look forward to.
0: Yeah, and
1: so even that prayer, like "Your kingdom come," I do want God's kingdom to come.
0: It's interesting. That's the first thing, and that if if I would be honest about my prayer life, like I don't pray about that very often. Yeah, same. Um, Maybe you'll do the Lord come quickly, but it's
1: never Your kingdom come. And I think those are different. Well, I mean, let's be honest. Even the "Lord come quickly" thing kind of turns into an escapist mindset, right? Right. And yeah. I'm not. I'm not saying this like, I get it. Oh no, like, I, I get d- the escapist mindset. I really no, do. In, like, I'm, I would prefer I'm, to get I'm out. I'm totally of... into it. But... Yeah. Like, <laughs> if I could escape out of trouble and pain and everything, I'm in. So, like, yeah. the idea of Lord come quickly, come get yeah, me, giddy up, like, if that's what's going to happen, great. okay. But... but I also think that when you have that mindset, yeah the majority of american christians when they pray lord come quickly as they want out of their and i'm going to be harsh here their overemphasized a perception of persecution which is basically non-existent i'm going to be harsh oh, here but if it, you as a uh, christian oh, in america that, yeah, yeah yeah oh yeah if you as a christian think that being told to wear a mask is persecution why don't you go talk to the people in china or india and they'll tell you what persecution is
0: yeah i mean we, we still have it pretty good here and no one's right. trying to take away so anything yeah that to i me, like that i'm, I'm not that's saying dangerous. there's i'm not saying i mean there's probably some people that nefariously want to persecute christians 100%. of course there is i i think but i do think overwhelmingly in the in the nation we're in now that that's not the case yeah exactly um i i know some people would make a case differently and if you want to come talk to us about that i'm more than willing to listen to you i think that would be a fun conversation honestly totally. um we could disagree and we could hang out afterwards and that's totally cool with me. So
1: yeah, I mean, yeah. So I think like that's, that's something that struck me for a while now is that idea of come Lord Jesus. Like there's two different type of people praying come Lord Jesus. Yeah. It's those who feel like they're being persecuted who really aren't and they just are uncomfortable and they don't like being comfortable. Yeah. Or it's the person who has been persecuted and oppressed their entire life. and They're like, Lord, come because I need your justice, your judgment. I long for it.
0: Yeah. I do think there is a middle ground of people though, that, that aren't necessarily escapist. They just legitimately want to be part of God's kingdom. Yes. You know, and I, I I think there's a middle ground for every, I think every single person probably hits all of those categories in one at some point in their life. Oh yeah. You know, it's not like a cut and dry. You're not one person. Oh, you're totally right. You know, you're, you're, you're at different points points in your life. You're all three of the th- things that we just described, yeah. and I'm probably all three of them in one day. Oh, sometimes, <laughs> yeah, um, exactly.
1: No, yeah. I know. Like I have a th- habit of like th- pointing th- all, out that extremes. Th- all that to say,
0: all the things like that. Like there's nuances to it. There's you know? always nuances, um, and
1: I, I have a habit of pointing out extremes because yeah. honestly, extremes frustrate me a yeah. lot of the well, time.
0: That, that's why that's why I'm here. Just exactly, to- <laughs>
1: Ryan just levels me out. It's fantastic. <laughs> I love it. Um, but it's just that. Yeah, it's it, the way it, the way someone described a pastor described it. And I don't remember who it was off the top of my head. But if you're – and this is, again, uh, completely with the understanding that there's nuance, there's people in the middle, there's people on the far extreme of one side and the other. But for me, the idea of escapism is so dangerous to me because you miss what God's trying to do through you in the world, and you're not participating anymore. Mm -hmm. You become so focused on just that one thing that you miss the the calling on God. Your life from God to participate in the renewal.
0: Yeah, I think that I and you know, correct me, I, I think what you're you're saying, like, um, if you overemphasize certain things, um, if for you know, it gets you into that escape and you're missing your calling in the kingdom of God. Yeah. Um, not that like, not that like, you don't need to, not that you don't need to focus on certain on. Every, uh, there's all the certain things you need to focus on, but um. Like it's just it's dangerous to put yourself in a situation where you're looking forward and not working for the now in the kingdom of God. Correct. Is that fair? Yeah, exactly.
1: Okay. No, I think I think it's interesting just because it's like there's so many things that we as Christians can do to show Christ to this world. And again, I, I know I've used the reference a ton of times, but it's that whole concept of um, always be prepared to give an answer for the hope that you have. And then my comment is always, how can you give an answer if no one asks? And if you're if you're so looking forward to getting out of here you're probably not doing a whole lot that's going to get someone to ask where your hope is cuz your hope for them is just get out of here yeah it's not to fix the injustices and we're never going to fix the injustices mm-hmm. cuz we live in a sinful world yeah but i think that i mean jesus did a lot of that stuff
0: yeah no yeah jesus was super countercultural Oh, oh, I, I I this and this goes back to the nine lines we were talking about but like it's fascinating that Jesus was so countercultural um and espe- to especially to well to the Ro- to the Roman Empire mm-hmm. as well as like a lot of Jewish culture that had that had integrated into the Roman empire and did this all and and showed a completely different way of life all without being like a revolutionary revolutionary type person in the traditional sense like he did it all
1: nonviolently. the one time one of his followers decided to cut someone's ear off i just imagined the look on jesus face like he's like Dang it! He's like, that's not what we were doing. <sighs> all right, let's put the guy's ear yeah. back on because that wasn't where we were going with this.
0: And then, and, and, and at the same point, like the, where you reference where he flips the table and he gets all mad. I mean, that that's a one-time occurrence for something that he'd seen for the majority, the entirety of his life. And
1: and if you understand like Jewish culture, like the temple was like this crossing ground. So like think of a um a Venn diagram. Yeah, where you have the crossing of two worlds, basically. The temple was the Jewish understanding of the crossing between. God's realm yeah. and our realm. It's it's a pocket of the kingdom of heaven on earth. Exactly. So for him, like that, that's defiling his father's house. house. Yeah. And like there isn't in the in the terms of nonviolence that we were using earlier. That isn't vengeance. That is. That's that's justice. Yeah. He's serving justice because what they're doing is wrong. Yeah. So no, I mean, all that to say, I think there's so there's so many different things we can say, but I think it's. It's just one of those things where you only get there if you like actually want to understand. Yeah.
0: And you're willing and I, I think this is another like, it's like this is a big thing that I'm always saying is like if you have to be willing to sit down and talk with people that may disagree with your opinion with your positions on things or your opinions. Right. And you know, I um I, I you know, i more than I think I'm more than willing to do that. Um But
1: yeah, man. Um Well, yeah. well you I know you had a bunch of stuff written down. I have to look. Honestly, hang on. I mean, let's be real here. We started this podcast. We actually, so full disclosure, we started recording and talked for about like 20 minutes and then realized we never like intro the podcast. So then we stopped, recorded an intro and then kept going. So, um... Yeah, we're all sorts out of sorts here. On this. This, right. It's great.
0: I go. On. I'm going to ask this question, and I don't know if you'll agree with it or not. So you can we can cut this if you need to. But um, so uh, we've been talking we've been talking about nonviolence a lot, and yeah. this is just something that kind of popped into my mind, right? So it's like, I I just said just being in a culturally powerful powerful position make nonviolence more difficult, right? Because it's easy to be the nonviolent person mm-hmm. when you are the oppressed, Correct. right? So yeah, when you're the oppressed, like it, it makes sense to be the nonviolent person because you're in a situation where you're trying to hurt yourself but in your, if you're in a culturally powerful position like like we are mm-hmm. in america like it's easy to resort to violence because
1: there's no there's no threat of getting in trouble for it right well and, even think of like and and this has been multiple presidents right who their their comment is when someone threatens a war on america well we'll just nuke you it's fine like yeah. we'll destroy you we'll crush you like a bug right yes I, I would totally agree i think i think so much harder to have enemy love and nonviolence mm-hmm. yes. in a culturally powerful position okay. because to get there, you have to be violent and you have to hate your enemies. Yes. You can't get to a culturally powerful position without doing that. Yep. I, I, I genuinely don't believe. I mean, even if you look biblically, yeah, D- David got to be king. Like if you look at the reason David didn't get to build the temple – it's because God's it, like you killed too
0: many people. Yeah, you were super violent, man. Like, um, also another funny thing about David that I always so David in like when you read that is like the ultimate type A person of all time. Oh my gosh! So like, uh, this is a complete <laughs> tangent, and we've an, totally talked about this, and I laugh every time. It's so, amazing. so it's hilarious because like God is like, yeah, hey, you've actually killed way too many people. You're basically a war criminal. Yeah. Um, by all current standards, um, war criminal. War criminal. criminal. Yeah. Um, so you can't build the temple. Um, but your son Solomon can. And David's like, oh, that's awesome. But he doesn't leave it at that. What he does is the last (laughs) chapters of him alive are of him giving Solomon specific instructions of how the temple is supposed to be built. And all the
1: materials. And all
0: the materials and how to do it. And I just think of him as like the most type A person of all time. (laughs) Like, yeah, I'm not building a temple. But it's like, mine, like,
1: yeah, right? Exactly. You
0: know? <laughs> anyway, it just it makes me laugh every time I read that section. I'm like, oh my gosh! And uh, I just, it's so good. Uh, it's yeah.
1: so funny too. Yeah. like Dave's like, well, fine. If I don't get to build. It, at least I get to participate <laughs> somehow. <laughs>
0: <laughs> anyway, anyway uh, it, all that, other, I just, it, just find it funny. And if you don't, like, you know, just go read it. I think it's in, it's Kings, maybe? It's Kings, Kings, yeah. Kings or First or Second Samuel. It's in that area. It's just, in the writings. Yeah, look through it and you'll see it. And then once you see it, you won't be able to unsee exactly. it. It's really funny. You'll chuckle you'll so. every time. You're like,
1: oh, David. Yeah. man. But anyway, no, I mean, back back to the whole idea of like, I think the whole, the, like I said earlier, like you you can't be a Christian nation because a, a nation can't have enemy love and the nation can't have be nonviolent. So when you are a powerful nation, it is increasingly difficult. Mm-hmm. I mean, as controversial as this comment may be, when you have a amendment in your constitution that says you have the right to bear arms, that even more makes it difficult to be nonviolent because you're, you're almost encouraged to, right? And again, I have no issue with it. I'm, I, I appreciate yeah. that, right? Like, again, I own, I own guns because they're fun to shoot. Yeah. Like, no, I'm you're just pointing. Hobby. out You're just pointing. But, out a, but, said. yeah. When we're talking about the the differences between our country and the teachings of Jesus and the kingdom of God, yeah, there are things that make following and being a follower of Jesus more difficult. Sure. Depending on where you yeah, live, absolutely. But obviously like that doesn't matter. Like you could you could live in a country where guns are illegal and mm-hmm. like you could still have an issue with violence because yeah. you just go punch people to death. Sure. Well, I mean let's take like, y-
0: I guess this is the way I, I was talking about this earlier. The way I was describing it is that like yeah, nationalism in in, in, in its form is 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 evil, I think. Um But not that you can't have pride in your country. I think that, you know, you're put in a country for a reason. You can have pride and you're going to work for the betterment of that country. I think that's biblical. I mean, I sure as heck cheer for us in the Olympics. Yeah, giddy up. Absolutely. Um, But I think that it becomes – nationalism becomes evil when you put your country above the kingdom of Jesus, right? Right. Or above Jesus'
1: teachings, right? Right. Which Mm -hmm. is funny because, like, you can forgive a unbeliever or non-believer for putting their country – super super high up because why why wouldn't they why wouldn't you but our our citizenship our home is with jesus in the kingdom of god right not here we are still citizens of this world and we need to participate and do things that help our world and help our country but also we need to do that with the lens of following jesus
0: yeah no absolutely absolutely that's a good question that was cool thanks man i just popped in so Oh, another thing about another thing about violence and how it's really bad. Genesis six Genesis six thirteen. When when God destroy when God destroys the entire earth, the main reason he destroys it is because the world had become too violent. So yeah. anyway,
1: it's well, it's it's funny. Like speaking about Genesis, right? Like that's incredible to even think about. But even think about like because people always talk about how like the Old Testament is so violent, right? Yeah, and it's interesting. Like the the teachings of Jesus of nonviolence and enemy love go back to like the first chapters of Genesis because Cain kills his brother right yeah what's God do doesn't kill him mm-hmm. he actually puts a mark on him so people won't kill him right like no, God, yeah. God intentionally makes it so this person can't have vengeance be taken upon him mm-hmm. no yeah absolutely yeah. like that's incredible yeah it's pretty like crazy. that's a hint it's very and,
0: count, it's very countercultural to what you would think was supposed to happen yeah yeah like, for sure
1: yeah. Because I'll be honest, if someone killed my brother, I'd I would be upset yeah. to say the least. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't have a brother, but you, you know what y- I mean. Y- exactly. Uh, let's be real here. If if anyone killed you or Josh or any yeah, of yeah. Our other our same, same idea. I, I'd same, be, like, yeah. same idea. Same it, idea. It'd be problematic. Yes. Um. It it would take a lot for me to be right. like Jesus. Right. to and his family that you choose right. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah.
0: Um. I got one more. Th- I got one more yeah, thing do it if you want to. Um. Okay. So this is this something this is something I wrote down about my own walk with um God. And I just was saying I said sometimes I get major anxiety over God's grace because of the overwhelming feeling that I don't deserve it. Yeah. You know, which I guess is kind of common sense because you don't deserve it. Right, for you sure. You know? But it's just you know, I I guess it's just you know, if anyone feels that way, like that's not uncommon I would say. And right. like it's 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 fine to be uncomfortable with the fact that you're being being given God's grace. Like, live in God's grace, and that's wonderful. But like, if you do feel uncomfortable because you're like, I don't deserve this, one, you don't, and two, not uh, you know, good, you realize it, you realize it, you're on the right track, and two, and I mean, everyone, I think to an extent, feels that way. Yeah. And I guess if you don't, then maybe that's concerning. But you're right. <laughs> like, you're, you're like, no, I deserve this. You're like, wait, well, a I mean, then that's, but that's um, another conversation we are not about to have. Yeah, here. yeah, I don't want to have that conversation. And then the the other the other thing that goes along with that anxious spirit you know is that um i i i long to have a non-anxious spirit yeah. like i picture jesus had with the like the disciples it's like i picture when he they were like jesus you know how do i pray it's because he was always off you know in his solitary place praying and they were like how do i be like this you know yeah. and so i guess that's one thing that i I'm going to, tr- I'm trying to strive for is like to be able to have a non-anxious spirit like Jesus was,
1: like Jesus would. Well, I mean, even he was think in the about his, his, his like response when they came to crucify him. Yeah. He just said, Hey, look, the guys who are coming to kill me are here.
0: Let's go meet them. Yeah. I mean, and there is some interesting stuff where he actually really struggled with that. Right. Like, I mean, beforehand. like um, he was
1: stressed, but by the end of it, he was resolved in, Yes, this is what I'm doing. Yeah. And I mean, as someone who struggles with anxiety, I I, I can't imagine. Yeah, exactly. It's that it's, it's such a it's man. Am I, am I screwing up? Am I doing this wrong? Am I, am I thinking wrong? Am I, am I going to make the wrong decision? Like I was talking about earlier with like prayer. Like I was telling my wife, like, honestly, I think the reason I struggle so much when it comes to like this and like, it would be so much easier if God just audibly spoke to me and told me what to do because I have that anxiety of like making the wrong decision. Yeah. It's like it would be so much easier if God's like, "Hey Mark, go do this." And you're like, "Oh, cool. You yeah. got it. On my way." Mm-hmm. But instead, it's it's not like that. And so having to just trust him and trust his faithfulness is it's so counterintuitive mm-hmm. to what we know. Yeah. What's comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. So I had one last thing that um, when I was going through one of, the cl- one of the classes on the Hebrew Bible and like understanding it, like I said, I've been reading through it more and, and like little things stick out to me now that I kn- that blew me away, right? Like, uh, for example, like reading Jonah, right? Like yeah. we, we always think of Jonah like, and I know we've talked about this before, right? But mm-hmm. even like this is a new revelation of like, yeah. um, we always think of Jonah as the Jonah and the big fish, right? Sure. But like when you get to the end of Jonah, what you realize is, Jonah is furious about God's grace for the whole world. <laughs> He's furious. So um, Dr. Tim Akeed says, when you become over-familiarized with the Bible, so think of American Christianity where you're um, like all, all throughout elementary school, preschool, elementary school, and again, none of this is bad. This is all amazingly healthy. I, I would not be where I am currently if I did not grow up in my church, going to elementary school and preschool and learning the Bible, right? Would not, neither of us would be here. So none of us, including Tim are saying that's a bad thing. Cause this, he talks about it after the fact. Okay. You become familiarized with the Bible. I have found that it acts like a sleeping drug on people's awareness to read it as carefully crafted literature. Um, and we tend to think, just think, well, it's just the stuff that happened. Right. Once you get the basic outline of the events, then you know it. Why do you have to read it again? It's why many people who grew up on children's media versions of the biblical stories, let's be real here, tales because... Still awesome. Still awesome. But if that's all you grew up on or all you grew up on was that, and you never like expanded past it... If that's your reality for what the Bible is. Yeah, or yeah. Ju- just children's ministry stories of um, Noah and the Ark and all that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. It's why many people who grew up on children's media versions of biblical stories feel like they know the Bible, mm-hmm. even though they haven't actually ever really read it for themselves. So yeah. then this came to mind for me. It's I said, for me, when I read the word familiarized, like over-familiarized, what comes to mind is the idea that familiarity breeds contempt. Like for me, like I, I just am super familiar with something like I just... I. Maybe contempt is the wrong word, but um, familiarity familiarity um, creates like a passivity of like, yeah, no, that's 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 just it. That, yeah. That's the thing. Like, I know I can show up to work and I can sit and be behind our front of house console and I can mix, and it's going to be the same as it was last week. Sure, I just know that. Mm-hmm. Um, we're basically we are so familiar with the Bible that we just assume we know what it's saying. Mm-hmm. In my personal experience, especially in the Western uh, realm of Christianity that's totally the case. We think we read the Bible and automatically think we know exactly what it's saying. But as you and I've talked about dozens of times, both on this podcast and just in text conversations, like we don't always know what it's saying. We assume we do, but it wasn't written to 21st century Americans. Mm -hmm. It wasn't written in English. I mean, even one of the things that blew my mind is when you look at like the Hebrew language, yeah, (laughs) that language is insane. Oh yeah. Like, it's 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 crazy because of how dense it is. Is how I actually really appreciate that how someone worded that the Hebrew language is very dense as mm-hmm. a uh, as a language of how it puts things together. So the uh, in Psalm fifty where it's, where it says "Be gracious to me, O God, according to your loving kindness." In Hebrew, that's three words. <laughs> <laughs> that's so translating word. that is really difficult. Yeah, and then a, a translator actually talked about how they said poetry in the Bible is the most frustrating thing to translate because you really have to get into the mind of the author in order to understand that when there's words missing, you're like, I don't know what they're trying to say because there's a word in my language that should be there, but it's not. Right. And so, like, it's it's kind of funny to me when it's like, well, we, we just know exactly what the Bible is telling us. I'm like, ah. Yeah.
0: Uh. Well, I mean, like, the idea that there, like, someone if you're reading the Bible in English, someone's done a majority of the work for you before yes. you ever read it. Yeah,
1: exactly. So no, I mean, it's it's that idea of we become over-familiarized or we just assume we know, mm-hmm. where I think that when you go into reading the scripture, not assuming you know. Yeah. Assuming you're like, you know what? I actually don't know what this is trying to say, so I'm just going to read it. And, mm-hmm. and if I need to go understand cultural background, then I'm going to go do that sure. so I can try mm-hmm. and understand the passage better. Yeah. And I think that that, it's almost a level of arrogance, right? That And it's not an intentional arrogance, but it's like, no, no, we're, we, know, we know exactly what it's saying. Mm-hmm. And I think that we sometimes miss the teachings of Jesus, like even going back to the enemy love and nonviolence. We assume...
0: Yeah. W- we assume our cultural context onto something that it yes. shouldn't be. And therefore, by assuming your own cultural context onto the scripture, it actually removes the power with which it was written yep. by... The person by the author who read it wrote wrote it in whatever first century
1: Israel. Right, exactly. No, I mean that's that's legitimately exactly correct. Mm -hmm. So anyway, we talked about a ton of different things, kind of all over the place, but yeah, I think at the end of the day, like this actually might be one of the first episodes where I feel like anyone who listened really got a good look into what God's doing to us right now. Yeah. I think a lot of it has been like cool things we've read or things like that. Yeah. But like, these are things that we're like legitimately wrestling through wrestling and, over. And I love right that. We now. had, I love that we had something come up where we were like, Oh my gosh, this is what God's teaching us right in the middle of it. Yeah, Right. It's like, Oh, it's, it's, yeah, it's cool. so I mean, I think that's the thing. And honestly, I really hope like, even as you listen to it, I don't expect you to have personal revelations listening to us babylon yeah, I but doubt, i doubt you will yeah no, i don't know <laughs> i don't know how you would but what i hope is when you hear our enthusiasm and our excitement and the things yeah. that we learn that you'll want to go dig in and you'll want to go spend time because there's so many resources out yeah. there that are free or inexpensive that you can dig in and just understand more yeah
0: it's like man i I promise you, I mean, I, I know sometimes reading the Bible is boring, and I felt that way for a long time, and I get that. Yes. I truly do, but man, when you really dig into it, and like, and, you know, I think that the prerequisite is that you're really trying to follow Jesus and learn more about him, like, yeah. man, it, there's just so much there, man, so just, I would encourage you, especially, hey, it's the new year, like, just, you know, take that extra time to just really get, to try to get
1: to know your scriptures, um and it's then like come it's like 12 minutes a and day.
0: then and then tell us about it because yeah. we'll be super pumped exactly right <laughs> yeah it's like
1: i think it works out to be like 12 minutes a day if you're an average speed reader yeah. to read the bible in a year yeah you got 12 minutes just get off instagram for 12 minutes mm-hmm. or youtube or whatever your tick tock or whatever your app of choice get off of it for 10 15 minutes and spend time with god absolutely man. change you i promise oh yeah all right, buddy. Well, this was really fun. It was awesome, man. I had a great time. It was a good conversation. It well, really was. I will talk to you later, and hopefully uh, we'll get more efficient with recording these maybe. Yes,
0: hopefully we'll you know um, record them on a more regular basis. We'll see what happens. I mean, we have all the equipment to actually do it now, so that helps. Yeah, right. Um, like that, that helps. Yeah, so I mean, it was great talking to you, man. Um yeah. A lot of good stuff. Um, and, uh, yeah, thanks, man. Peace out, buddy.
1: Later, bro. Hey, if you guys want to um, send this to your friends, uh, rate us, give us a review, good or bad, helps us know what we're doing and do it better. And um, like Ryan said a few episodes ago, if you give us a one-star, he will cry, but at least we'll learn what we need to do better. Yes, ugly cry. Oh, oh boy, oh, boy, don't do that. <laughs> anyway, no, uh, we really appreciate those of you who listen and uh, share it with your friends, and we hope you're encouraged and challenged. So yeah, hey, pray be more, your blessings yeah. over the year. and. We'll go from there. Yeah, be more like Jesus, man. That's all it is. Let's be more like Jesus. Absolutely. Peace out, buddy. Hey, bro.